and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this very fabulous episode of The Trash Tapes. My name is Johan, your host and the inflictor of pride this time round, as I am joined by the Their Queer podcast on one of two very special Pride Month episodes coming out this June. These two episodes will all have links to donations to Stonewall and Mind charities below to help those within the LGBTQ community get the support they need. Even in what could be seen as forward-thinking times, there are still people, places, and even laws around the world that are homophobic, biphobic, transphobic, and genuinely against the rights and needs of all those in the community. This hate is still out there, and it is why events like Pride Month are so important. It is to remind others that we're still here and that they need to stand up for queer rights. Our rights. Human rights. Same as when we did the Pink Flamingos episode last year, I have made a small donation to each of these groups, and all future profits from these episodes will be donated there too. I hope that all of you can do the same and show your support. And now, let's step away from the hate and embrace the love as we're about to explore Xanadu. Get your skates on! And welcome to another episode of the Trash Tapes. One man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm your host, Johan Schapal, and the infliction of pain. And today I'm not joined by my usual victim and DJ, Edward Harvey, because this is a very special episode. This is considerably our big Pride Month episode. And I thought, who else could I have on than the two Liams of their queer podcast? Hi there, introduce yourselves. 
Hi. Hi. I'm a homosexual. Um, <laughs> and my name, I'm so just to simplify things, as there are two homos called Liam on here today. Yes. I'm Liam J, but you can call me LJ if it makes things easier. <laughs> I'm Liam B, and please don't call me LB because I sound like a shit pencil. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, the thing is, uh, Li- Liam Banks has to wear you. Not you, you. You've been here before. You've been here before. I have. Yeah, um, you've, you've already pop, popped my cherry a couple of times on this podcast. Yeah, so I, I should be used to this, but I'm you, not. <laughs> you know what? Because half the time I always say, "Hey, I want you on." You literally give the tone of, "Okay, what is it?" And the two times I've had you on, though, have predominantly been about. Things with body parts involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We had we had killer we, vaginas, and then we had uh, weird conjoined tumor twins, tumor, man. tumor twins. Yeah, it was yeah. all very, very, very strange. This, I, I, I mean, there are body parts involved in this, maybe, but just not what you'd expect from <laughs> well, this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm now questioning what movie you actually watched. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but for- In Xenadu? In Xenadu? <laughs> did, did you find one with a Z? That's a crossover. That's a crossover. Xena and Xanadu. Yes! Yep. Lucy oh Lawless just coming in and Just rollerblading through women. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's a movie, everybody. Um, before we actually, t- if actually we're going into detail, do you guys want to talk about your podcast in particular? So it'd be nice to have for people who haven't had a chance to listen to it. Do you want to talk about oh, it? Absolutely. Yeah, sure so, um, Queer Podcast is a podcast where two homos called Liam get together each week, stick our rollerblades on, go skating through the world of horror, look at it through a queer lens. Um, hmm. Some ELO might be involved. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, but, let's just uh, confirm this isn't usually uh, about the, these sorts of films. We're probably no. usually a little bit more campy horror than than just camp or whatever this is. I mean, I spoke to you last night, Liam, and I do agree. This is a genre-bending film. Um, I, bending being the key I, word. <laughs> you can etch this on my green, gravestone. I want a, like, a Spotify QR code. That will take you to a link of this movie <laughs> when you visit my gravestone. Love it. Oh, Absolutely like, love it. I can just imagine it's like saying, oh, I always want to find out how it was like. Oh, there's a QR code. Oh, there's something up completely. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. But yeah, essentially that's what, what we do. We we just discuss horror films through a queer lens every and, month. And um, we are unofficially <laughs> members of the Kelly Rowland fan club. Freddy! <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love she how you She pops up all, every episode. In every episode, <laughs> she pops up. I wonder why. She might day. make a guest appearance. I'm wondering if one day she will respond. I would love that. Me I mean, too. it's going to happen. Let's manifest it. Yeah, it's happening. There's a re- okay, obviously, you've mentioned already that you're mostly doing horror movies and stuff like that. So there's a reason why we're doing this movie. We're doing <laughs> flipping Xanadu. Now, the reason is, actually, is because Liam James, it's your fault on this, really. Um, yeah, because I, yeah mentioned I take a, no part in this. I mentioned a while ago that I said I'm looking for suggestions for... For, for 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 good movies to do. And then you mentioned Xanadu on one of my things. And so like, wait a minute. And saying, how do you think it's good? I, I, I said to myself, like, if that's the case, you need to come on this podcast and defend it. 
happily. <laughs> and the thing is, and I said to myself, I said, you know what, I might as well have the other Liam on because the last two times I put in something completely horrific. And I think, you know what, maybe this is the palate cleanser in comparison to everything else I've thrown I think, him into I think the this deep was end. probably this, the scariest thing I've had to watch for you, <laughs> Johan. So. <laughs> so no, there was, there was no palate cleansing with this one, I'm afraid. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say, I, I think there's going to be a variety of opinions on this episode, which is good. Um, and I will be respectful of the film because I do know how special it is for you, the Liam. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I tell everyone it's an awful film, but it's also one of the greatest films you will ever see. So it, it has to be experienced. It, like, it's like one of those things that has to be seen to be believed mm-hmm. and heard. <laughs> I see it once a month. It's an assault. <laughs> it's literally, it's, it's an assault. Open your eyes and hear the magic. Universal Pictures announces the most dazzling romantic musical fantasy in years. Xanadu. Starring Olivia Newton-John, Michael Beck, and Gene Kelly. It's a love story about a boy and girl from two very different worlds whom no one can keep apart. It's a spectacular entertainment that will transport you beyond your dreams. Xanadu, where time stops and the magic never ends. Xanadu. was bits last night and I was like I'm gonna try and watch it Mm. as an outsider and I'm gonna get rid of all the sentimentality I have attached to this film and try and watch Mm. it as an outsider and there was bits I was like oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) obviously feel free to cut this out Johan but I um, I watched it with my other half because I hadn't actually watched it um until actually recently, like for the first time. Yeah. And there was a bit where I looked over at him and I just went, oh, for God's sake, we've still got the animated bit to get through. <laughs> yeah. how, how, how can you sigh at the Dom Bluth animated thing? Oh, <laughs> All right, anyway, just, let's, be, let's, let's calm yeah. ourselves down. I feel like we're getting a little ahead of yeah. ourselves. I'm getting heated, yeah. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting hot and bothered. This is the end of the They're Queer podcast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that Olivia Newton-John ruined your friendship. Uh, anyway, right. So just for 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 anyone else listening out there who has absolutely no idea what that is, what a Xanadu is. So Xanadu is a 1980 American mu- uh, musical fantasy film uh, written by Richard Christian Donis and also re- directed by Robert Green by Greenwald. Also starring Olivia Newton-John, Michael Beck, and. <sighs> 
Gene Kelly. Yes. <laughs> yes, Gene. <laughs> how long have you been? Sorry, I'm so sorry. How long have you been sitting on that one, Liam? Yeah. I've been sitting on it a good while. <laughs> yes, Gene. <laughs> yes, Gene. Yes, Gene. You've been waiting for this exact moment. You saw Gene Kelly going, I'm going to make that exact fucking joke. <laughs> Is as, as it being a musical anyway, obviously one getting Gene Kelly on is like the ultimate thing, but mm. it, you have to talk about the tune. So obviously it's music done by Living Newton-John, by Electric Light Orchestra, uh. sung a little, with little bits by Cliff Richard yeah. at mm. one point, um, <laughs> and the tubes. So there's quite a large uh, variety of proper... I'm not going to lie, before we get into any bit, I'm saying some of the tunes do slap. They really, oh, absolutely. Some of the tunes really slap. I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, basically is renowned as being a huge box office disappointment. And just to make this clear, I'm not sure if you know this. This is the movie we're alongside the Village People movie, Can't Stop the Music, inspired the Razzies. <laughs> <laughs> Cultural reset. <laughs> So Zadadu and can't stop the music. The, the 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 creator of the Razzies saw this in a double bill and said, "Oh good fuck, God, I need to make the Razzies." I'd die to see that as a double bill in a cinema. I really would. I'm not gonna lie, it would I be think a lot of other people would die. The easiest thing ever. <laughs> So it much is. cheese, you might as well dip yourself in fondue and call yourself a nacho. You know, that is how cheese works in this case. I can get behind that. <laughs> I've got a story about that. <laughs> There's a kink in there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's predominantly the case. There's a couple of other interesting bits as well. Like a personal favourite of yours, Ken, uh, Kenny Ortega, this was his first... A uh, piece of choreography, basically. So basically, the man who eventually ended up doing Hocus Pocus choreographed this movie. And which, the choreography uh, in this film is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and that's the thing is, it's there are highlights to this movie. Like, we're not saying like, oh, inspired the Razzies, it must be all shit. No, mm. but it has some great bits in it. But there are also some not so great bits as we kind of go along as we go. So let's look at the, pro- I'm going to look for, for you some bits of the production. If you guys know any history of this, um, mm-hmm. I'm looking particularly at you, um, basically, Liam, <laughs> that if you've got any, got any sort of uh, facts about this, you're very welcome to throw in as I go. So Lovely. the movie was originally conceived as a relative, low budget roller disco picture but they realized at a certain point in time that um there was four other roller roller disco movies filming at the same time four of them okay (laughs) so they said we need to do something a bit different hence why they start to hence why they start rattling over and trying to get gene kelly involved because they wanted to do the thing of the 40s versus the 80s and just mash it together to make whatever the hell this is. So they tried to put a spin on things. Um, Earlier versions had several different things going on, including some very interesting casting. So, um, okay. Right, so this is my favourite thing, first of all. Sonny, in particular, was going to be someone completely different than the person we got there. Who was Mi- The person we got was Michael Beck, who basically was the guy from the Warriors. Warriors! <laughs> Warriors! He's he's quite literally just oh god he's just hair right oh, he is like, <laughs> he absolutely is but it's, because it's so great does, hair yeah hair and no talent he has really um, good legs as well I noticed this time around like yeah, really good he, yeah he's having a huh it, it's a the funny thing is apparently while everyone else had the audition when several people were 
he, he didn't have to go for an audition apparently he just got oh. it oh. which uh i don't know what that means he's just like <laughs> fine we've got the broad- we couldn't get the rest of them so the others were number one olivia newton john actually did suggest at one point that mel gibson was gonna yeah. play sonny imagine <laughs> lord <laughs> of mercy <laughs> mad max mel gibson was gonna be in this movie Oh dear! <laughs> wow, it wouldn't have aged oh, well. You, you, <laughs> no. The thing is, the thing is, you'd know there'd be more leather involved if. Exactly, I wouldn't mm. be opposed to that. But... I'm back on board now. Yeah. Um, the producers were really trying hard to actually get John Travolta to get back on the role of Sonny because obviously yeah. they had the thing with Greece and said, you know what, let's do this again because, duh, it made all the money. But um, but uh, he was so, he was he was busy. John Travolta was busy at the time. He made he was busy doing Urban Cowboy busy. <laughs> and busy and also him he was just about to to start on his. He on his own other weird disco-y movie, Staying Alive, <laughs> which is the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, which was that, which is which was directed by Sylvester Stallone. God, this oh, incredible. It's just there's just a lot going on, and I mean, I think incredible. this film just encapsulates that <laughs> for sure. I just love the fact how everything kind of spawned out into these different branches, and each one of each of all the responses is just campier as it goes as you dig deeper down the rabbit hole. I just love the fact that there were four other Mola Skate disco movies in production at this time, and then they were like, "Do you know what? We need a fifth. <laughs> we need to we need to fix this and absolutely why not uh, yeah, but the funny thing was um that th- 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 this was at the literally it was 19 there's this already started filming around late 1978 right so it started to film around then so disco was big yeah. right they didn't know that disco would literally collapse in 1980 <laughs> so they made all the disco movies because they thought you know what it's still hip yeah. i guess it's such a shame i mean i thought that you know especially obviously the whole premise of the film is about them building this club called xanadu which is going to be a bowler disco heaven and i was like thinking in the real world this went out of business probably a year (laughs) later (laughs) Uh, see i think they were clever enough though because they had a muse on their sides to think what's next yeah so well, I'm already going yeah. ahead. Did it, plus, that, plus, I'm trying to think what it turned they into. Were a, they were a roller disco, but they never did disco music. So this is fair. They did. They did everything else but disco every, in a disco musical. <laughs> every other genre <laughs> but disco is in there. I know, right? Which which means it survived. I mean, not going to lie, the club would have lasted, but it would have been like a weird mishmash. Like it literally would have been a themed night every night mm-hmm. to just to keep the wave, the disco rolling. Because yeah. as you start, as we start going into the musical numbers in particular, they couldn't really pick out which one they wanted. So it's a budget, especially near the end where everyone was just wearing zoot suits. Half people were wearing zoot suits. Half people were we- looking like punks. Other people were wearing latex. <sighs> they couldn't make up their minds. <laughs> Appealing to every, every mm-hmm. aspect of the kink community. In that last scene, <laughs> I, I think basically what I think what it is is I think that was their idea of like pure like ev- every demographic's represented here, every yeah. kind of person's here. Mm-hmm. Because of this, they were able to get Gene Kelly on, and Gene Kelly did do did do his his own choreography, mm-hmm. uh, but he was actually kind of shy about it to the point that. 
the, all the scenes that he was dancing with half the time, it's other than the one in the, not really it's dancing, but other than the one in the mall kind of shopping area, um, everything else was shot after filming and with a very small limited crew. He kind of felt a little bit, um, I think he was worried about his old age and wondering mm. he didn't want to look too bad on, and then feel almost embarrassed in front of a larger crew. Mm. So he purposely wanted to do something a lot smaller, which... It shows. It just really shows that he. It just, for him, this was like this is going to be my last big break. Yeah, this is my last hurrah, and it's sad a little bit that it's Xanadu. There, there are other people. There are other movies have done this. You know, like how Raul Julia's last movie is Street Fighter the movie, mm-hmm. for example. <laughs> what a <laughs> film! People, what a film! What a movie! That what a way so to end a career. Of course, I, I googled how old he was when he did this because obviously there's particularly towards mm. the end when he's doing the skating and I was blown away by how old he was doing all of that I mean I'd struggled to do that now at 29 so <laughs> the fact he was the, doing... man had, the man had vigor yeah, absolutely uh, and yeah. still still as fit as ever in this film yeah he was so, dancing around so looking fine. gorgeous so oh. <laughs> I yeah, just seven a minute. So I first watched <laughs> I first watched this film when I was mm. about three or four years old with my great nan. Mm. And yeah. even then, like you sp- everybody in the film wants you to fancy Sonny. But I didn't. I was like, mm. I'm a I'm a Danny girl. <laughs> and you know what? And you know, it's weird, isn't it? Because we'll we'll get to everyone there in a minute. But yeah, Sonny is like I mentioned at the beginning, he's just hair. That's all he is. It's like there's one bit where he's skating through like um on the like the promenade or wherever it is, and yeah. Uh, his hair goes so flat because it's obviously like a wide <laughs> shot and they're just filming yeah. him in public. And then the next scene when he just wheels in in front of the mural, he is quaffed for the gods. He is, it's everything. Quite literally. <laughs> he literally, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> see what he did there. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I see. I see. <laughs> 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 but yeah, and he's got. It's funny because when when he and Olivia Newton John are conversation or having conversation with her, I'm sitting there going, "It's literally like looking at petrified wood trying to rub each other." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow! It's the, 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 the look at these fantastic lawn chairs just trying to converse. Hello. Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. You scared the hell out of me. I'm sorry if I disturbed you. I tried to be quiet. How long have you been standing there? Just a few seconds. Should I go? Oh, no, stay. You paint beautifully. This is the first time I've cared about what I painted in a long time. That's a shame. It must be frustrating to waste your talents on things that don't really matter to you. Yeah. I met a guy the other day. He told me I should take long lunch hours. A guy? Yeah, someone I met at the beach. He's got this crazy idea he wants to build a club. And he asked me if I'd help him find a place. All the real estate agents in this town, he asked me, right? That's such a crazy idea. You've got a good eye. That's what he said. The thing is, all, all, all the choreography parts were most, that was a centerpiece, right? But everything else was kind of planned out on the day. Apparently, things involving the script, uh, Olivia Newton-John did say that the script was ongoing as she was there, which, to be honest, looking at the dialogue scenes, it makes all the sense in the universe. <laughs> My biggest gripe with the film is because the choreography is major, but the mm, shots yeah. don't do the choreography justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and I was going to say with yeah. that, yeah. That's that's my biggest gripe. But I could now knowing everything was made on the fly, it makes sense. Well, as to I very much thought like 
they had the songs. The songs were great. The dancing was yes. great. The numbers were great. Did they just kind of mis- mishmash a story around this and they didn't really actually mm. know where they were going? Well, they That's- had they had the bare bones of a story because it, it's a pseudo remake. I was going to say, yeah, there's mm. the, is it the 19, 1947 film Down to Earth starring Rita Hayworth? Yes. I, I, I saw yeah. that it was of which, loosely inspired by. Yeah, of which she starred in another film with Gene Kelly not long afterwards, where his character is called Danny Maguire. So, oh. yeah. So it's Just, like, it's all going full circle. There's a whole expanded universe. Oh my God, is a Xanadu expanded universe? I'm going to write the comic. <laughs> do it. Please do. Please Xanatu. do. It's waiting. It's waiting to happen. You heard it here first, folks. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, someone hire this man. (laughs) (laughs) Xanatu, this time it's personal. (laughs) No, it should have been Xanatu Electric Boogaloo. Of course it is. Xanatu, this time it's rollerblades. (laughs) Yeah. You see, uh, uh, we're already thinking about sequels. <laughs> I feel like oh, this could work yeah. well, though. You know, like how you get like kids' TV shows being made into horror films. This could definitely yeah. work well as a horror movie, a hundred percent. I think this would be great, actually. <laughs> really, just, I do. It's like the muse is not really the muse is just actually not really a no, muse. It's just there like, to what be. What if you get like a bit of a, a dick muse, like sabotaging <laughs> people, not trying to encourage people? Well. I have a fun fact mm. about that. This was uh, eventually made into a Broadway show. Mm. Um, and Ooh. the Broadway show changes the story a little bit. Um, the Broadway show was actually a satire of the film, but also an adaptation of the film. So it's, re- it's, re- it's honestly, it was universally like praised. It was loved. <laughs> like the mm. kind of opposite the of Broadway the film. show, yeah. But in the, in the Broadway <laughs> show, um, like the dynamics change. Danny's character's a twat, um, which is, I don't like. But uh, Kira, <laughs> Kira is a muse who puts on a fake Australian accent. So, <laughs> so, throughout oh, the thing, it's somebody putting on a, like a really fake Australian accent. And it really shows in uh, when they sing Suddenly. Um, it starred Cheyenne Jackson as Sunny. <laughs> yeah. Um and but yeah, the reason why I said dickhead muses is that the the <laughs> villain the villains of the piece are actually two of Kira's sisters played oh. played by men in drag. <laughs> why not? Absolutely, why not? <laughs> and so it's got all the music numbers you'd want in there. Like it's all in mm-hmm. there. Like the basic part of the story is in there, but they change it to make it a bit more parody and a bit more funny. It goes in on the Greek mythology as well. Um, mm. It's incredible. If you get a chance, look up the synopsis and you can watch the full performance on YouTube hypothetically Uh, (laughs) there you go everyone go out and look at this i'm intrigued i I went to see it when it came to london and i was i left the theater like jumping for joy i was actually at first i was really angry because i'm like what have they done to my favorite film (laughs) they butchered it but then afterwards i was like i really appreciate what they did there uh, was shiny jackson in it when you saw it yes oh good lord yeah wow Oh my wow. god! Cool. Very nice. This is the thing. I think this. I think honestly that I think it had to be parodied at some point. Like mm-hmm. in, in a music, in, because it's like it's like some other movies turned musicals, right? For example, like Leaky Blonde. For example, it's not following mm-hmm. the movie entirely. It's poking fun of itself slightly, and it works better. Yeah. Same mm-hmm. with Heather's in the same way as well. It has a little bit of tongue in cheek with it. You kind of yeah. need to mm-hmm. because. Because other because the movie's its own thing. Plus, Xanadu is renownedly 
shit. So you might as well say, like, you might as well point a little bit and say, you know what? We know the movie was a bit rubbish. We know it is. And that will do its favor, you know. Mm. Um, I'll tell you a credit to the musical is one mm-hmm. of the plot lines involves a magic pair of leg warmers. <gasps> wow. If yes. That, if that's not like testament to you should go and watch this or read about it, then I don't know what else is. <laughs> that's a full-blown selling point, everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sold. Basically, the movie did, as you probably were suss out, did terribly in terms of reception. Um, uh, Universal actually cancelled a lot of the press screens for Xanadu because they were not confident in it at all. Oh. Um, I think they were looking. I think they were looking back at it at the rushes and looking how things were afterwards, and kind of looking how Olivia Newton John changed accent four times in the movie, and just couldn't pick one. <laughs> um, um, the people say like Variety called it a stupendously bad film whose only which, whose only salvage is the music, which is all fair. Roger Ebert gave it to give the films two stars, describing it as a mushy and limp musical fantasy with a confused story redeemed only by Olivia Newton John, high spirits, and several strong scenes involving Kelly. Which well, I think we're going to go into that. They also did mention that the uh, Ebert actually criticised the choreographer, saying the dance numbers in this movie do not seem to have been con- would have not been conceived for film. It all feels too stagey. But again, I think that touches on the point we said before about I think the problem is with the way in which it's filmed. Yeah, like I mean, uh, yeah. there were moments in it uh, where I thought about the choreography he did and the work he did on Dirty Dancing, and I think that film's flawless mm. choreography wise. And this had yeah. so many flourishes and moments from that. So I, if, I don't. If, he's if, he's yeah. not the he's not the bad guy in this situation. No. And 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 if no. the shots would have been planned correctly, I mm. feel like yeah. it would have picked it up specifically. So I think it's when there's when it's group choreography is where you miss it because it's always mm. you miss everybody in the background. You're focusing too much on the people at the forefront. Whereas if it had mm. done it from a different angle, a different take, you'd have seen everyone, particularly yeah. in my favorite scene, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the dancing scene, the the mashup scene. Um, yeah. I feel like we, we lose so much. I mean, yeah. there are a lot that I will say some camera angles in that scene are fantastic, particularly the crotch and butt shots. Um, <laughs> a load of them. There, there was a fantastic twerking shot that I said to there myself, was, well done. She, she's, she's the one I want to be. <laughs> Absolutely. She worked it. She totally worked it. Um, but yeah, I'll have to agree. I think the biggest, one of the things that made me, we're going to go to as we go, but obviously it's the, the cinematography in this is just dull. It's the most <laughs> boring cinematography for a movie that it, just by its premise alone, which we haven't really got into yet, by the way. No. Once, once we'll go in a minute, is the most, you'd think it's the most high energy, most ridiculous, cheesy camp thing ever, but the movie is shot in the most boring, white shots, long mm. takes, things do not seem exciting or have energy. So mm. it's kind of like... It's sleeping through the whole movie. See, I, it's I a com- shame for that. I completely agree. Uh, but I, mm. I believe that two bits, two electric light orchestra songs in there, I'm Alive mm. and All Over the World, are shot just like mm. music videos and it just doesn't yeah. fit in with the, with the I've noticed that. I mean, obviously there is very much the the bit where they kind of go around like the film sets where I, I guess yeah. obviously the premise is that they are maybe music video sets or something like that. Uh, no, it's, that, mm. it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a movie. It's a photo shoot stuff. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So I, I got that. But then, um, you know, particularly the mashup scene, 
like yeah even i don't know if it was just because we, we've got the blu-ray that we were watching it on um the quality of the picture <sighs> was just so much better there than in other scenes so it like kind mm. of felt like i don't know they've got like a music video crew in to yeah, film yeah. that I, bit. I really think and they then did. It, it was mm. yeah it was very 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 odd um but I don't know. It, it's it's weird to hear that it's like you said. It started shooting back in '78 because the whole thing feels really rushed to me. Um, and I don't mm. know if that is because obviously they didn't have a clear direction as to where mm. they were going. But I don't know. You could kind of tell when you say about the things of Gene Kelly, like doing his scenes on his own. You can tell that that was separate. And I don't know. I always thought the animated bit was maybe just because they'd run out of budget and they were like, okay, we've got another song here, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's literally the thing. They literally said like they wanted to include another musical number, but they just couldn't know where to fit it in, so they just got Don Bluth to make the musical number. That's literally the reason. There is there's no other reason why the song's even there. It's not even relevant. Makes no sense to the rest of the plot if you really think about it. It's just a thing, and it's a you know what? Fudge it. Let's get Don Bluth of all things to add a musical number in. Absolutely. I, I it's one of my favorite bits because it just reminds me of Thumbelina so much. But that's the thing is you can you can t- you can tell instantly that scene as Don Bluth style because what Absolutely. it reminds me of a little bit is because he also made the uh, he also made the video game. The, what was it? I can't remember. Castle something. I can't remember it. Uh, Dragon's Quest or something like that. Mm. Where basically you've got, and it's the same art style. She looks exactly like the princess in the game. And the guy <laughs> looks a little that. bit yeah, like yeah, the yeah. knight in the game. And going like, yeah. It's like, it's almost like Don Blue said, look, I have a particular style of lady. <laughs> yeah, this draw. is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like if you look, if you look at Thumbelina, if you look at Anastasia, they're the same woman, really. They just put on a different wig and say, <laughs> you're curvy and nice. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely, why not? Obviously, it didn't do very well in terms of, like, it, like, reception in that way but it did absolute gangbusters in the, with, with with the soundtrack because mm. oh my god it reached number one in most places yeah. number one hits all over the place with magic xanadu every every single nearly five of the six songs like I five believe, or six songs yeah, reached number I one i believe magic was the first u.s number one and xanadu was the first uk yeah. number one um yes absolutely yeah. phenomenal songs <laughs> Absolutely. Just, I mean, like you said, the soundtrack is, I mean, it, it saves it, I think almost. Um, I think the, 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 the music is just incredible. Um, one thing mm. I found out that I thought was quite interesting though, cause, um, my, my other half was alive when it all got released. And um, he, he said that the music came out quite a while before the film came out. So I think, mm-hmm. and when I, when I looked, I think it was number one here in like something like June or July, but the film didn't actually yes. come out until August, which I found a little different. I mean, obviously they don't approach musicals that way now. I don't think. It's, well, that's because they, I, th- I think that was a, a decision a to be like, no, I believe no, I believe it was a decision to think. I don't think this is going to do well. So if people like the music, they'll go and see the film. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Maybe they used to do that. They used to do that for a while, actually. Like whenever there was a hit, like in the sixties and seventies, in particular, whenever there was like a hit song, mm. they would launch the song two months before the move would come out. So you that's already crazy. had the song in your head and go like, oh, that's the theme song to the new James Bond movie, or this is the new thing from there. I get and with go like theme songs, it. but like, yeah, the musical, like getting. I suppose you. Could go and sing along and that would make sense and like you said Liam, or, i think it makes sense that you'd be like i love the music so i'm bound to yeah. love the film and then 
you realize <laughs> yeah and then I, I think you have to see like this is the thing in particular this movie and this soundtrack was supposed to be the launching pad for living newton john solo career as an actress and as a musician because of how badly this movie did basically she didn't really do a lot of musical numbers ever since or at least not in terms of starring role well uh, which is a shame this film did give us her thinking i need everybody to love me again i'm gonna release physical so yes that she didn't do anything that matched let's get physical like nothing matched i feel like she's that's it twist of fate was pretty i i, I listen to twist of fate quite regularly i do like i do I love some olivia like, and john yeah but i feel like basically like let's get physicals like the top of the mountain like that's tip peak oh yeah i mean it's, that, it's like, where do you go from it? there do you need a, you need a hang glider to jump off basically <laughs> and she did not have that bless her uh, You know what's interesting though? We've actually talked about the movie and production some bits of the whole. But we haven't actually ever talked about the actual plot. I mean, I think it's it's maybe easy to miss. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like it, it's it's quite a simple plot. I mm. think it's yes. um, the story of a muse who comes to Earth, um, inspires a fusion dance <laughs> club of nineteen forties jazz. Um, with 80s electric guitar and rock. Um, she ends up falling in love. Her dad tells her she can't do that. And she's like, mm-hmm. oops. Um, but then, <laughs> I've done it now. They're going to have to catch me. Through the power of roller disco, yes. Zeus is like, okay, you can. All right, Daddy Zeus. All go right. On. You can we'll have you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll let you go. You go and fall in love with um, a man whose favourite flavour of crisp is probably ready salted. His favourite <laughs> drink is water. I sense in that you don't you don't really like Sonny. His, his favourite flavour of ice cream is ice. <laughs> I just it's I just, just I just think Sonny is the most. It's the most. He's so. He's, like it makes me laugh because there's dialogue in the film. Like uh, yeah. there's one bit where he wants to go chasing after Kira, the muse, Olivia Newton John. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. He goes up to these <clears throat> women and he's like, "I'm going to steal your bike." I don't believe it. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Hey, kid. Hey, what up? Where you going? Hey, you. Come on, hold on. Oh, hi. Listen, I got to borrow this. I'll bring it back. Sure. If you bring it back in person. You got it. You're saying that to him. <laughs> okay. It is the oh fact God. that he does just randomly steal a bike though as well and then decides to just <laughs> the then though, drive it I off a pier. Like, no, dis- no disrespect to the man, but like yeah. everyone around him is so much more I, d- I personally and don't, attractive. I don't I mean, see what Danny saw it, in him, to be honest, to his, invest. His, <laughs> no, his, if I was his, Deborah Meaden, I'd be out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we're going we're done especially when he's like when he's like you can have half i know let's be partners they they parody that in the musical because danny says you only get 25 percent, and that's if you can get it all set up in one day so they kind of like parody it so it's yeah he's very trusting isn't he our gene yeah (laughs) Yeah. but but gene is but gene is literally the light of this movie honestly for me yeah 
characters. I love how the muses are introduced. Oh, yeah. Which is literally what your background is. Yes. It's absolutely hilarious. It makes no goddamn sense. So we've got uh, we've got, we've got Michael Beck, a.k.a. the guy from the Warriors, a.k.a. Mr. Blandy McBland Bland. He's <laughs> trying to draw something. And he does, I don't know what it is. He gets upset, realizes that artist, being, a, being a freelance artist is hard work. Because of course it is, <laughs> I just chucks the chucks the shredded paper out into the wind. It dances around and then hits a mural that's just conveniently in the middle of like you know basically California Way. Yeah, and just and then the happens to be a mural of the muses. Like it's so very convenient. <laughs> and then the paper touches them. They get they get a, a warm glow and mm. then they just dance. They turn into Power Rangers at one point when they Did. go into the air. <laughs> one of them takes a run across the Hollywood sign and lights oh, yeah. it up. Oh, I love um, it. It's, yeah. it's the campus thing. Some, when they jet into the sky and it's literally the pride flag. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I've never, I've never thought of that before. Gay rights. Gay rights. I will say... Oh, so, oh sorry. Sorry. No, there's one muse. There are two muses in particular that I'm obsessed with. And I'll... Sh- I'm going. There's... <laughs> The main one, um, yep. who's here, yeah. who's sh- who's like the the oldest one, who's like leading the dance troupe, and then yes. there's this beautiful lady in green here who I'm obsessed with. Yes, and yeah. she's the, with the knot. Yeah, she's the one I wanted to be. <laughs> Pop knot Tessa. She was, yes, she's Pop yeah, she's Tessa. <laughs> she's gorgeous. Oh, like everybody gets this cool thing. Some of them are running on a beach. One of them's running across the Hollywood sign. The poor lady yes. who has to just run up some stairs. She <laughs> yeah. just. Yeah. And then it cuts, and then and she's then just cuts. a glowing she's like, light. She's like, I give up on this. I'm knackered. I'm just going to shoot through the stairs. <laughs> Do you know what's funny is? I bet she was like the muse of fitness. <laughs> oh, yeah. She probably was. Yeah. This is a 500 stairs. One of the greatest parts of this scene, actually, is this thing itself. It's absolutely gorgeous. If I could get somebody to paint this on my the house. The mural. Yeah. yeah the yeah. mural itself is absolutely stunning. I will say that about <sighs> a couple of things. I absolutely love films that start with people making a wish, shredding up said wish, and then throwing the paper into the winds. Love that. So 100% I was in. I also really, really loved how diverse the muses were, especially for this being a film from the 80s. One of the reasons why I think this film holds up so much is because if I go and Mm. watch a film from my childhood and I Mm. go and watch Mm. a film from my 70s, 80s, early 90s, I find Mm. myself bracing myself for somebody's going to say something racist homophobic transphobic in a second and i know it's going to happen yeah. this film doesn't no, mm. no. Doesn't have- it's surprisingly wholesome in that sense it no really problematic is it dialogue. is really wholesome absolutely it is um but i yeah. love this whole sequence when the oh. muses come alive i mean and it's like i'm alive by electric light orchestra the the guitars yeah. are thrumming um and <laughs> we get kira showing that she's the young naive one by covering her eyes and opening up and then basically doing the Pulp Fiction dance basically in that sense um, Olivia Newton-John was really scared about this whole film with how much dancing was involved in it because she wasn't like a a dancer she wasn't a dancer she was a singer so during this scene she's um, she said it was the scary apart from the scene where she does with Gene Kelly I was going to say can you imagine the the nerves you'd have 
having to do a dance scene like one on one. I don't I don't feel like mm. it shows at all. I don't feel like no, I, I think she show. does great. She I just, think she's no, a, absolutely great. A force of nature, Olivia Newton John. I mean, she definitely tries. She definitely tries. But I just feel like to me it almost seems slightly I mean, filling that in it makes sense that she was terrified because mm. she is she's actually the supposed to be the muse of, of music and dance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's yeah, and she's she, supposed to be the muse of dance, which really makes me laugh. She barely <laughs> dances. She she she, uh, she she shakes what her mama gave her. Um, you think I, she'd be the muse of music in this, but mm. apparently it would make it's sense. Dance. One thing yeah. I do want to ask, though, which is obviously another yes. big plus for me, and I don't know if this is a gay thing, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm so into my Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, mm. everything. So as yes, soon as yes, I realised yes. that yeah, this yeah. was like every other gay I think out there, I was like, yes, Greek mythology. What is it with queers and mythology? It's like the we're strong so women. Into it. It's the strong women. They We had Medusa before we had RuPaul. That's That's... <laughs> I'm gonna say <laughs> Oh no, she better don't cut that out. <laughs> you serious? No oh my god. No oh. <laughs> I mean the it, it starts so strong. I mean, you know, if like, mm. I think the rest of the film was like on this level and like, and the, I don't know. And I mean, the song makes some sense here, like I'm alive yeah. and them coming to life. I think that's the other mm. issue I had with the film was the fact that a lot of the songs don't always necessarily match the scenes. They're great. Well, the reason, well, the reason why is because a lot of the electric light orchestra music was not other than the song of Xanadu with Olivia Newton-John, were not originally designed for Xanadu. They were no, designed they were for a completely different for a completely different musical that didn't come through. So they just kind of God. say like, well, we've got all this cool music. Can we use it? It's like, sure. And then they're like, yeah, if you, it's like, yeah, we'll do that. But that means you've got to have to do our theme tune. Sure. That why makes not? sense. They that have, makes sense. They have this music sort of there and they want to use that. So yeah, it makes sense to that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the art, this this kind of then introduces obviously. Uh, can I just say that the art, the actual painting and artwork, like you mentioned with the mules, actually really solid because mm. we realize our uh, Mister Blandy McBlanbland is an artist, a very unique artist who it's a. Uh, this is such a niche thing. It so could, niche. Uh, it could only so exist niche. in this time period as well. Yeah, it has to be late seventies, early eighties, where it says, "Well, I paint murals of album covers so that record comp- so like, so like record stores can have them up on their wall." <laughs> It's I'm like, so, that is so such a weird. niche job. It absolutely is. And this leads me on to another pet peeve as well that I have in films. And this film perfectly yeah. does it. I hate when you have an actor playing an artist and they basically just stroke a dry brush over an existing <laughs> painting. I cannot get on board with the fact that he does not even add a highlight, a brush stroke, anything <laughs> to any of these murals. It, it does me in. I was very vexed. <laughs> Do you know what's very funny is because in the movie, the reason why, I mean, he's forced to go back to this job because he realized being a freelance is hard. So he goes it back is. begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, I know Mar- it's true. I know it's a little too, too close to home, everyone. You went a bit Penny Marshall then. I loved it. <laughs> being a freelance is hard. It's hard. It's been hard. Uh, but point being, is that he, he he has a bit of a bard and goes to the place. And the funny thing is he's supposed to be the free-spirited one. He's the one that's going, oh, I just want to do my own thing. I am the pure artiste. But he, he never sounds it because no. he sounds like he's tired he all gets, the time. He gets outshined in his own little scene there by his co-workers. The one he's like counting him down, she's like, three and a half minutes. 
Come I on. love his yeah. co-workers. I want to work Everyone with them so bad. Yeah. They look like the, the greatest group of people. One of them looked like Farrah Fawcett and I had to double check that, that it wasn't yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, it's the hair. Yeah. The it's hair. the hair. Great hair. <laughs> oh, so everyone, everyone in there has more personality than he does, but he's the oh, lead, so we all have to bounce off. Including his manager. Would you like to visit his office? Yes, I would. (laughs) Yes, I would. Yes, he's a very strong and powerful man. Yes, I Zana do. (laughs) Yes, please. Oh dear. I love. I love how the manager basically comes in and says, "Look, I gave you the things. Just do the job, please." All all he he wants. It's not an unreasonable request. No, just can you do the job, please? Just do this. Last one in, first one home. Hey, it's Sunny. It's Michelangelo Malone. Michelangelo, glad you're here. The ceiling needs painting. Uh-huh. All right, that's enough. Well, the great Sonny Malone returns to Airflow Records, welcomed by cheering throngs of thousands. Art world fails to suffer. News at 11. Cut it out. You know I wouldn't come back to all this unless I had to. So what happened? It's what didn't happen. No bread. I fought it, that's for sure. Don't worry. I spend my whole life painting what other people want. I paint his van, I paint somebody else's mural... I paid Simpsons album covers. Then, when I finally quit to freelance, not only do I almost starve to death, but I can't figure out what I want to do. Ah, look who decided to drop in. Where's your white flag? You have a way with words, Simpson. You know that? Same old wise-ass attitude. I thought we discussed this on the phone when I uh, decided to take you back. We did. But I have one question. Why the hell did you take me back? Simple. You're good. And you're the fastest painter around. But this time, no more artsy, craftsy, Sonny Malone touches, huh? Just enlarge the album cover the way I give it to you. Am I coming in loud and clear? Olivia Newton-John, the muse, is, is, is on roller skates and just randomly sees him and just kind of randomly kisses him and then goes away in a bolt. Without consent. Right? Which, which <laughs> without consent. And it just happened. And so Susanna he, Jones. He, yeah. There's the problematic nature of the film. Consent. Yeah. So the funny thing is that he he, he sees as nothing. So, oh, that's a bit weird. Until the manager gives him, this is your next album to cover. And Olivia Newton-John is on the cover and going, wait a minute. I just met her quite literally about five minutes ago and kissed me. Fun fact, the album is by a band called The Nine Sisters. And there are nine muses who are all oh. sisters. Ooh, oh, little, little, little Twilight Zone <laughs> theme tune. <laughs> I thought you were okay. going to stop at Twilight. <laughs> stop at Twilight. No. <laughs> See, there's a re- now I know why I got you on. Yeah. <laughs> because you're going to fill me with all the facts I haven't been able to find. <laughs> um, so it get so the rest of, for half the movie basically it becomes a sort of weird kind of obsessive stalker situation where I need to find this woman. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it is stalkery because th- there are some bits that didn't make me laugh because he, he does bump into her several times. There's a bit in the pier where they where we meet Gene Kelly anyway, where he just turns, sees her, and then just falls, flies off the pier. He doesn't just fall though, does he? He full on, like, I mean, shit. I, I, I think yeah. she was wanting to kill him at that point. <laughs> I think the dark cut of this film is, yeah. is Olivia Newton-John like shot him at death ray or, or something and he flew off the pier. Oh, <laughs> You're a real well, Flint kid. What other stunts do you do? 
Man, this whole thing is screwing me up. What whole thing? Oh, no. Come on, have a cup of coffee. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But then that does lead us into the introduction of Danny Maguire, who's playing his yeah. lovely clarinet on the beach, as yeah. so many do. He lets us know that he's retired. Um, mm-hmm. It's a nice way of saying he's a bum, which he says uh, in the film. <laughs> and him and Sonny bond over a cup of coffee, which is really nice. Personally, I would never see these two ever match together as actual friends. But I will say this. It's Gene Kelly just being the sweetest man ever. Yeah, and just the most the most wholesome. Every time he speaks, I'm, I'm, my heart melts a bit. Because Same. I feel warm. Oh, you are so... So sweet. Yeah. He's the real magic of this film. He really is. Oh, my favorite scene in the movie is when uh, is when Gene Kelly actually takes Mr. Bland, Mr. Blandy McBland Bland back to his place. Oh, what a house. What a house. He actually says, he actually goes and says, like, he said, this used to belong to a silent movie actor, you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And just showing off his music collection, basically. Yeah. Just being pleasant. And he is kind of like, and Mr. Bland Bland's like, meh, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh, is that the muse? Oh, wait a minute, that's like my muse, but very blandly and right. That sound was a miracle. Hey, Danny, that's you. Yeah. This girl. Uh, Danny, there's this girl. Shh, shh. Listen. That's me. Hey, that's all right. You got any more surprises? This is what I call my memorabilia rope. It's one of the story of Danny McGuire. Tommy Dorsey, Benny Goodman, you really knew those guys. Yeah, we used to all hang out together. Why'd you give it up? Paul was one of those turning points where you turn in the wrong direction. Who was a girl? The girl in the album. Yeah. Singer with a band. When she left, I figured she'd be back. And I was about to run after her, right? Boy, did I teach her a lesson. Never saw her again. After that, the heart went out of my music. I, I went into the family construction business and became what they call comfortable. Three cheers for comfort. You ever think about going back into music? No. <laughs> Only about 20 or 30 times a day. <laughs> and so when he goes, so when Mr. Blandy goes, and he just, she, he, there he is sitting down, 
reminiscing, playing his record, listening to Livin' Newton-John, basically singing the tune. And then you see the superimposed sort of like Glenn Miller background band, of, yeah. the fort, of, yeah. of, of the bandstand and him getting up and then dancing. The whole sequence, that sequence is the one he did in private. Mm. And it's and it's one of the most it's one it's one of it's the beautiful. most heartwarming sequences just them in singing so and dancing together and taking not just himself but the whole audience back to that era and yeah. um using gene kelly who was the musical star of of that time as well um mm-hmm. with the, like the simplistic tap dancing but how much energy he puts into it it's absolutely mm-hmm. mind blowing when you think about God, this would have been his first dancing, singing role in a while. And his vocals as well, his vocals haven't faltered. Yeah, and just, they're great. Oh, it's it's such a beautiful oh. little scene. The chemistry between them both in that scene as well. She's got a smile mm. on her face the whole time. And I think it was well, I think a genuine smile. She said, yes. hasn't she, quite a bit like since that it was a career highlight for her getting Absolutely. to do that. And I mean, I of can't see how it would. wouldn't be. No. Um, but I think I, I think this is what also makes the film maybe a little bit more disappointing that it was such a flop was the fact it had all these ingredients and like even the older people would have been pulled in at this point, you know, who had maybe grown up with Gene Kelly well, would have been pulled yeah. in to see this. Well, that's, and That's where it comes from with me. This was, I first watched this with my great nan. And she yeah. was the per- mm. she was the person who got me into musicals, and she mm. she loved this film, really loved it because of Gene Kelly, um, yeah. and that's why this film means a lot to me because it's just like my great nan was my best mate, and she got me into all this. So watching this together, this scene in particular, mm. I weep mm. every single time I watch this. It Aww. makes me so emotional, uh, and that's what but my nan was saying. She remembers when it came out, and mm. the the predominant people in the audience were all like seniors and older people. <laughs> I can imagine. It, it, so I can imagine it being quite bizarre then if you go to the cinema and watching it and like say, and you say, I'm here for Gene Kelly. And then you're like, what's with all this weird, yeah. what's with weird Mr. Hair? Skaters. What's with the weird yeah. raunchy 80 neon rollerblading thing? <laughs> this movie looking at Gene I feel like this is what the movie should have been it should have been Gene Kelly based the story should have been more about Gene Kelly getting reconnected with his muse which happened to be Olivia Newton-John yeah about 40 years before and then feeling inspired to get back into music again mm-hmm. that's what it should have been yeah it should have had nothing to do had, with Mr. Yeah. Brandon McLampard but then he should have had like a young protege who's like oh you need to be a bit more hip and all this stuff. and that would yeah. have been cool which could have been Blandy McBland Bland. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and it I, makes all the sense in the universe I think they were definitely obviously going for like a almost a father-son dynamic I think with these two characters but yeah. Sonny is just so uninteresting <laughs> It's just, it's, it's so just difficult dull. because yeah. I, I don't know. It's uh, I, I, I found. I mean, obviously, there is really this very real collision of worlds and perspectives that's going to happen in the film, and I suppose that's the whole point mm-hmm. of it. You, you're supposed to have the 40s yeah. meets the 80s, but his ideas of the 80s are just not it. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Um, the bits where he says, "Oh, this is the 80s and stuff," is always like, "What is it? Superimposed? It's yeah. AD or whatever?" Yeah. Um, because yeah. <laughs> they have no idea what the 80s was going to be like at this point. I mean, at some point, I feel like they did nail 
what the especially on the mural itself with all the neon. Oh yeah, but the, the neon. neon. But nobody they knew what the eighties was going to be like. At this point. No, absolutely not. Leg warmers. Apparently, got that apparently was going to be so fucking raunchy because that musical number was hot. <laughs> everyone was everyone was rubbing everyone for no fucking reason. Stage over there and stairs there and there and back there and. Kid, can you imagine it? Imagine what? A bandstand right over there in that corner. And a big band like in the 40s. No, no, no. Bandstands went out with running boards. Over there. A great rock and roll band. This is the 80s. smooth dancers, wild trombone, the band decked out in tuxedos. Six guys wearing electric orange, synthesizer, heavy percussion, electric guitar. He has no no right to say this, but it's like the 80s is going to be six men in electric orange <laughs> playing guitar. It's going to be surrounded by like club kids from the 80s wearing these fantastic outfits yes. and stuff. That's what it's been. And then we get this gorgeous bit where it keeps flitting between the two this ideas. This is really nice. And, mm. we, and then we get um, like a pastiche of the Andrews sisters. Um, and we get Olivia Newton-John harmonising with herself in this gorgeous little mm. song saying, forget about the blues tonight, which is then cuts to the 80s and the tubes are singing. I also want to talk mm. about in the 40s bit, that woman's spine yeah. in the at the start. Yes! The woman, the woman that he basically just, he just dunks her like a witch tea biscuit several times. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. That, just, that dance sequence, like the choreography in that dance sequence is absolutely gorgeous. The, 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 yeah. It's great stuff. I mean, for me, the thing that I found the most impressive in that sequence is when they finally kind of converge and the music finally merges together yeah. and they look at each other, they have like a dance-off and then the sets from yeah. both the Such 40s band cool and oh. the 80s stage literally merge together. I've literally got goosebumps oh, as you're describing it. It's my favourite scene mm. from the film. Mm. It makes me emotional when I hear it. Like, I get, I, I well up when it comes on, and I'm like, this isn't even a sad <laughs> song or anything. Emotional. It's just but incredible. It, makes it, it gets me it's choked incredible. up. See, that, it's gorgeous. But- that's, that, that's the scene that proves to me that if with a little bit of better cinematography, a little bit more passion to it, a little bit more time, this movie could have been the most, it should have been the most epic, beautiful if, thing. Yeah. <laughs> If the film was more that and not just like a film to to like market electric light orchestra's mm. music, which isn't a bad thing necessarily because they make great music, yeah. but if it was more of that, yeah, it's like every now and then we get like a 40 show tune and then we'll get a rock tune and then that bit where it blends together. If more of the film was like that, mm. I feel like it would have worked a lot better. I mean, because it it still blows my mind now when I. Like every now and then, I'll just whack it on on YouTube yeah. because I just want to hear it. It's production value. Oh god, yeah. And it's the choreography again. And I, I keep going back to mm. this, but even in the eighties bit, um, we mentioned we've got the guy in the electric pink leotard with the huge codpiece. <laughs> yeah, um, it's hard. The to lady avoid. in the zebra print leotard. Um, yeah, everyone. That woman who's just sitting on top of the drum players. Or shoulders of the same woman who gets plugged into the soundboard and just goes, ah. Oh. <laughs> 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 yes, I forgot about that yeah. bit. 
there's a guy in it that the bassist in the band really looks like Ezra Miller that. and I've never noticed God, it before yeah. so I was like God he's he's gone from terrorising Hawaii <laughs> to terrorising his buddy Zanadu now he's gone, he's gone backwards in time and Reckon, decided to learn the bass oh, I flash. see what you did there that's, oh. that's, the, that's the plot of the next Flash movie. Oh, my God. Do you reckon just... this was the song that he was singing in karaoke when he got arrested? <laughs> he was <laughs> My favourite bit of dialogue in this film is he goes in and he hears magic by Olivia Newton-John and he's like, oh, I need to see what's going on there. You. Me. Look at you being sassy. I love that. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, that, that whole that whole first confrontation, like first meet, is so bizarre because it, it it's it's almost as if like she's she is so playing coy is hilarious because mm. every single response is like, well, do you want me to or not? I'm no need <laughs> to do anything. I'm me, and I'm just I'm just enjoying myself. <laughs> Fantastic. I just love Although, the fact that she does just casually disappear every now and then and then jump scare, she's back. Yeah. <laughs> Very that's, cheeky. That's why gay men love this so much. It's just a brief encounter and then we fuck <laughs> off. On roller skates. This was Grinder before Grinder. You say that, but then, yeah, but if, 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 if that scene in particular, they'll disappear for a minute and then they come back again. So I'm like, hi, again, yeah. do you want to catch up? I am zero feet away from you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry I ghosted you. I didn't mean to. Oh my God, it is. It's the representation of ghosting. That's what the whole scene is. <laughs> wow. Just to clarify, saying what the building is, the building is actually called the Pan uh, the Pan Pacific Auditorium in Los Angeles was used for the exterior. It was used for predominantly a lot of stuff, basically. Um, so, but it was somewhat abandoned after a while. But they tried to refix that afterwards and everything. All the inside of the club though wasn't in the place. That was only the exterior. The inside was actually done in the Hollywood Center Studios, and that's and which is a shame. I would have it just I would have liked to have actually seen if the inside actually matched the outside because the outside was weird looking um <laughs> but, very odd very yeah. odd unfortunately here's the thing the building itself uh would have later been consumed by a fire a decade later oh no yeah it's it's literally like when i found that out i was heartbroken because it's one of those mm. landmarks in the world that i would love to go yeah. and see but i mean you can still technically go to the address but stand there go to the, there's like there's like a car park now it's like i remember with this i was gonna say i bet it's like apartments yeah. i don't love to I'd love to recreate that album cover, um, the Nine Sisters album cover, just me on roller skates. With you, you alone, with a glow, rainbow in the back, and a big fucking auditorium in the back. This sounds strange, but there wasn't supposed to be a model on this cover. I snapped maybe a hundred shots. In one of them, this girl just jumped into frame. The next time I saw her was on the contact sheet. I liked it, so I used it. And that's the whole story. She just appeared. No, no. Appeared and disappeared. Now, don't you go spreading this around. This is one of my best covers. Why do you want to know who she is anyway? I like well, this is it. The photographer's like, oh, it wasn't even supposed to have someone in, but then she just appeared. And then I'm like, what? So she appeared and optical effects were applied and she was perfectly, like, <laughs> composed in the shot. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I love I love how the photographer love in that scene liberty. says that. Basically, she's like, it's like, there was a plan. I, she, she was there. I took it. That's it. Like, it's like... 
chuck it no, again. Barely yeah. any cons- No one has <laughs> consent in this movie. No one asked. Did she sign a release form? No, she did not. <laughs> she did not. She didn't. And apparently, the manager said the, the manager and everyone else said like, well, you know, she she didn't sign anything. She she didn't get paid. If she didn't get paid, she doesn't exist. This film is a commentary on capitalism <laughs> too. I mean. Layers, 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 layers. layers. <laughs> oh, so many layers. <laughs> Where it turns out, basically, that she's been there for too long. She's fallen in love with Mr. Blandy McBland Bland. And um, for, if, for by this point, you'd assume there's some kind of weird magic stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. Some weird mm-hmm. side of magic happening. But he doesn't believe it at all. He's like, you're not amused. What are you talking about? And then you get this weird sequence in the house. With the TV. With the silent, with the, like, gangster yeah. movie from the 40s. Yeah? What do you think, Sonny? <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> it's the, the bit, the, to me, it's fine until she, to the, like, I think you need to drink. She's like, I'll do it, thanks. <laughs> and it's like. That completely took me out of it. It made sense until that bit. And then she's like. <laughs> but my favourite bit is where she appears and they go, Brenda. Brenda. And she's like. <laughs> Hello. I absolutely howled. Yeah, <laughs> Brenda. Of all the names, of all the names Brenda. that she could have, it's Brenda. Oh. Well, well, look who's here. Who's chasing you this time, Vargas? The cops or the mob? Don't get smart with me, Nick. I told you to stay away from Brenda Trent. Ah, yes, you did tell me. What should I do, Sonny? Dive at him or... um? Make a martini. What? Who are you talking to? Sonny Malone. He doesn't believe Kira's a muse. How can you be talking to me? You're a movie. I ain't got time for this, Malone. Brenda's the only one that saw me at the racetrack. Now, if the lady says she's a muse, she's a muse. Who's that? Brenda. Kira. Sonny. <sighs> think he needs a drink. It's okay, I'll take care of it. Thanks. Good luck on the opening of your joint, kid. Wish I could be there. But yeah, that's that's the reveal. And um she's like, I'm amused. Deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> and he's and he's like, I don't I don't believe you. And then she's like, Well, I'm gonna make some weird shit happen, and then I'm gonna disappear. Ciao. Ghosting. And then, yeah. <laughs> Ghost and, then, and then he goes like, he's like, oh, what do I do with my life? She's gone. So he just skates around Los Angeles and he's like, there's a brick wall there with her painting on. <laughs> yes. I'm going to full force just skate to hell in the, to this If he wasn't wall. dead from the Pierre incident, this will do it. Yeah, he's dead. He wasn't dead from the Pierre. This would have done it. And somehow he thinks that's a normal thing to do. He's thinking if I roller skate head on at about 20 miles an hour into this wall, it's just, I'll there's find a lot her of again. Taken the power on there. Yeah. The power of movies compels yeah. it to happen. Yeah. But <laughs> but this is the thing. It's funnier in a degree because th- he, as, as he's getting back all depressed and forlorn and saying like, and also because Gene Kelly meets up with him at some point and say like, I was like, you know, 50-50, we got the club going. We're going we're gonna to get ready. You need to come tonight. It's like, it's not the same without Kira, blah, blah, blah. Mr. <laughs> he's so mardy. I'm like, this, this old man is literally built this place, given you half of it, yeah. gone into a partnership with you, and you're like, how much oh. money's gone into him 
doing he this and you're just fucking in the nothing that just that, that have like free musical me. numbers with Olivia Newton John. <laughs> it's just yeah, the, the audacity. Mm. The audacity of this man. That bit leads us into my least favorite musical um number. Yes. Um and where Mount Olympus is um now a a room with Neon orange glowing just a lights shit tron. on the floor. It's just a shit tron. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a negative yeah. of Tron. Yes. Um, and um, Zeus is like, hello, Sunny. Oh, what's he like? What is the voice? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was like looking, I was like, that voice really sounds familiar. But then I realized it, it just sounds like a generic, like 1920s, <laughs> like, a mad horse got in the so you see, you cannot go out with you cannot go out with one of my daughters. And then, and then out of nowhere, Hera comes in, and she's like, "Oh, come on, don't be such a, don't be such a nub." And he's like, "No, no, no, we no. can't have let my daughter." Sit. Yeah, it's like we can't have Mister yeah. Hare over here doing the thing. He needs to go. Goodbye now. Bye. And then, I mean. <laughs> They were looking out for their daughter's best interest because they're like, I'm not being funny. In one point, she's like, Shakespeare's written sonnets about us. Um, you know, Beethoven's composed symphonies for us. What's Sonny done? <laughs> I mean, Sonny has quite literally just barely helped. Sonny took a shopping into a magic, into well, a magic I shop. I want to talk about this because that is, yeah. I think that bit is my favourite bit of the film all, all over the world, playing Gene Kelly, just having a fashion extravaganza. This film has so many tropes of everything, like tropes that I love in films. Mm. It has an animated sequence. It opens with a, a song yeah. and a dance. It's a musical. It's an 80s film. But also it has a shopping makeover montage. Like Before that's that one of my was even really a thing it, as well. One of my favourite film tropes, and it's set to electric light, light orchestra. Mm. There are drag kings and drag queens in that yes. sequence. Uh, there's a Spider-Man well, lady. You know who um, that is, don't you? The Spider-Man no. lady um, is the they them. Are they from Fright, Night? from Fright Night? Is it the person from Fright Night too? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, it all makes sense. Absolutely it all makes sense stunning. now. In my ha- head, yeah. in my head, yeah, yeah. What a face! <laughs> um, Absolutely. A nice, a nice little tidbit about that moment yeah. is when they go into the dressing room yeah. and it's just, it's just that woman's legs. I love that sequence. <laughs> Incredible. I want that built in my house. But also, she appears in that montage as well as a person. Which one? Love it. Um, so she, no, she's actually in the outfit she wears, like the thing yeah, yeah. wears. She, if, you watch, if you watch it again, which you should. Um, Not again. You, at, at, the, at the end, before it zooms into um, Sunny and Kira slow dancing together, yeah. you see her in the crowd. Imagine how weird it would be as a person to be like, I'm dressed like this. And and over there, there's like a 20-foot version of me where when her legs spread open, people can just come out of it. <laughs> Not anyone. Gene Kelly comes out of it. Gene Kelly she comes out of it. Gene Kelly. What a twist. Sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> Johan, this whole um, film is a fever dream. <laughs> that should have been the tagline, an 80s fever dream, and that, that's it. Be so thrilled to see the mess 
we've got to all over the world as well there's another dance music sequence that we glossed over and that's suddenly with um olivia newton john and um cliff richard oh, i nearly called him by a different name well then. cliff richard <laughs> as in not really cliff richard but cliff richard was a, i'm surprised at this because cliff richard was also in the running to play Sunny at some point mm. but no. yeah which, honestly it makes a bit of perfect sense i mean have you not seen wide for sound It just makes all the sense in the universe for Cliff Richard, who's already playing pretty well with roller skates, to be in this movie. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love this song. Yeah. That I love suddenly. I think it's gorgeous. Suddenly is great as a song, as a as 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 a, mm. as, a, as, a as a scene. It feels very odd because. Everything shot on a wide, which is slightly disappointing. But then I'm sitting there going, if this is supposed to be like for photo shoots and for music videos, the sets here are bananas like the train one where did that come yeah, from love that. the one that the one that get, the one that gets me is it's obviously a nod to singing in the rain yes. obviously but i was like that's rihanna's video set for umbrella <laughs> right there yeah. i just like I the, the uh head, the rooftop scene where the chimney just plops down and then just emits smoke i'm like that's that's yes. all i need yeah. that's all i need there's a bit in the oasis that all the palm trees just come up for no reason the train gets me all the time because there they are just yes. i love how half of them i mean i mean sunny should already know this studio but he's already doing the dancing sitting there on the bench and suddenly he know he knows there's a prop train behind him and he still acts <laughs> oh no and it runs away and all of the steam comes out at once all the steam it's when the boss comes at the end and he's like do you know how much this stuff costs and i was literally thinking the same i was like this guy's literally pressed these buttons and spent thousands of pounds this is the budget that that booth that he's in is so crystal maze it was crystal maze meets bill and ted's excellent that's what it is that's what it is that's a crossover we need excellent it, it reminded me for any Doctor Who fans out there, it looked like the old Emperor Dalek. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like neon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's, I just love the fact he goes and he presses. There's fireworks literally happening in the background. And then he says, yeah. let's just dance to this yeah. very expensive thing that we've just started. In but skates. the fact that he knows it's sunny yes. and he just doesn't straight up yep. fire him at that oh, point as well. He's the fastest painter in all the lands. <laughs> Movie magic. Maybe just one moment, darling. Well, maybe just one moment. Or forever. I keep getting them mixed up, too. We go from Mount Olympus to Xanadu itself, oh. and it's just the this, come down of the century. The, <laughs> no, I'm checking. No, no. I, like we, we've just we've just had like this low energy ballad, yeah. and then the drums start pounding, <laughs> the skates are rolling, and we are introduced to absolute chaos. We go, we get a whole tour yeah. of the club 
of Xanadu in all of its With glory. Gene Kelly at the front of the conga line. Gene Kelly's there on roller skates and you're Did like... Do you guys know how old he was when he filmed this? 68. 68 yes. years old on rollerblades, <laughs> leading the pack. Mm-hmm. But Doing great. What's what's brilliant about this is before we get to see Gene Kelly in all of his glory, we get to see the absolute chaos of the club. We've got like people on stage who I thought were going to be club attendees, oh, yes. but no, everybody through the power of musicals knows how to do dance and yes. stuff. We get we get this incredible woman at one point with like Rick James hair, just going, the, is it in front of the mirrors. Is she the one? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Every time I watch it, I look out for her. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's like, like we kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the movie. This is the bit where every single musical genre ever is represented here in some shape or form. You've got, yes. you've got the, you've got the, you've got the men in the zoot suits in one particular corner, right, and doing the tap dancing sequence and moving away. You've got literally the ro- the seventies rollerbladers going around the ring. You've got the eighties punks hanging on, to, like st- standing on top of tables, looking down yeah. and doing that. Everyone's got an actual position, all clapping and just saying Xanadu like some kind of weird fucking cult tribe. It is wonderful. (laughs) It is cultist. Sign me up. But then we get one of these, this movie's Transitions, and I mean it has many. It, has many. it was like it was made on Microsoft PowerPoint <laughs> when it was doing the transitions. But then we get an X who's in. <sighs> Olivia Newton-John comes in in a gold cat suit and sings the titular song. Yes. And then she takes a break and she's like, "Here are my sisters." <laughs> Brings the muses in. We get uh, an electric tap dance yep. routine, yes. which then leads into my personal favorite. They're all decked out in tiger, tiger costumes. <laughs> Olivia Newton- One of the best songs from this is Olivia Newton-John saying, you're a fool. All you do is remind me that you're a fool. Yeah. She never released that as a no. full song, which really upset so me. So good. We then go, then another tonal shift. I'm sure I should pass a long suddenly get transported to the Wild yeah. West. Why is she doing a country number? I don't know I do why not she's know, doing a country number. Safe. She wears this fabulous... <laughs> oh, my God. The fringe, the fringe on that. And then at one, my favourite bit of that sequence, though, is where she taps on the bar and the beer comes up to her. She takes not even a sip of it. She just dips her nose in it. Yeah. Um, she's like, I'm not really drinking. Down, uh-huh. pulls, then pulls her face to camera. Yes. Goes back on stage finger guns the camera and then we get the muses in this weird 80s like white number olivia newton john makes her grand return to the stage wearing the greatest outfit in the world it's a gold lame high colored cape with blue tinsel in her hair See, i literally wrote down goddess mode looks like a power rangers villain <laughs> Yeah, that was like yes. that was the yass- okay. the yassification of Rita Repulsa. All of the costumes disappear, and they're all in their costumes again yep. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. She reaches the high note at the end, 
disappears. And this is a weird part make- for me. I love that bitch. Everyone yeah. disappears, right? The club is suddenly silent. It's just Sunny in the it's, middle of yeah, the room looking like, oh, sad. And then as he walks away, mm. everyone just comes out again just and makes me wonder, where again, the fuck yeah. were you just a moment ago? <laughs> He, go, he goes to have a chat with Gene Kelly, yeah. and Gene Kelly's like, oh, what a night. I'm hammered. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Enjoy it. He's drink. like, do you want a drink? And, and then Sonny's like, nah, nah. And he's like, excuse me, miss. My friend would like a drink. Comes over. Who is it? But Kira, Olivia Newton, John. And he gets a drink of her, says, thank you. She goes to walk away, and he's like, no. And then it's just like a... Hi. The, the, the awkward improvisation over the credits as the credits are rolling you and they're see. having to get to watermelon, watermelon, banana, watermelon, <laughs> banana, watermelon, <laughs> banana. This it's is the incredible. thing. I, at that point, if you look at her mouth, I'm sure she's saying, I wish this was Greece. <laughs> I <laughs> wish this was Greece. You're not, I you're, wish no, you were, you're no Travolta. I wish you were John Travolta. <laughs> you're no Travolta. <laughs> no John Travolta. But here's the thing, though, right? Can someone elaborate on this for me just a tiny bit? Is it basically Kira? But in terms of Kira remembers everything, or is she always her brain completely wiped and now she's human? Because I don't I think get she that doesn't sequence. remember because I I'm sure because Gene Kelly says, Do I know you? And she says no. No, no, but she's she's saying no because she doesn't want him to know that she's amused. I didn't get that. I thought that maybe she, she was. She she's know, moved no, on. she knows ex- she knows exactly who he is. Like she remembers him. Yeah. This is the this is but this is the thing. What gets me is she didn't fall in love with Gene <laughs> Kelly in the 40s, which Gene <laughs> Kelly in the 40s was such a spy. I know. But somehow, but somehow Sonny, Michael Beck was I'm the one you, to... It's, it's the legs. The one. It's those short red shorts and his legs. He, he must... I don't know if I can swear on this. Yeah, so I swear. Do We've already been swearing a lot anyway. He must have been slinging dick. <laughs> like, no tomorrow. For her to be that dignitized by him. I swear to God. I mean, he <laughs> must have been hung like Zeus himself. I'll tell you something, right? This must be the other thing. Because I'm looking at all he is, his hair and legs. Because even looking at some of the shots from behind, I sat there going, there is actually no butt there. He doesn't even have a, a no. butt. And you say yourself, like, you, you, have, you don't even have a good figure. What's happening here? Gene, but where you go, when Gene Kelly's trying on his like outfits, he's got curves. He's still got an ass. <laughs> he's got a butt. Yeah. All the curves and swerves we need. <laughs> but no, the, the ending is uh, Kira has been allowed to come back down to Earth yeah. and it, she does remember him. I kind of thought for a second that maybe it would have been like sort of like, when when she flew back up into the sky temporarily, she also just met and blacked everybody. <laughs> just like, right, you don't remember any of this. Let's That's go it. back to weird dancing. I mean, imagine being at that club as well and just being like, what the fuck did they put in our drinks last night? Did you see people can flying? You, can you remember? Can you remember? Can you remember when suddenly I was wearing a cowboy hat? No, but I can remember when you were suddenly decked out in tiger print. What happened there? Oh, was the, was that? Was that before or after the weird drag lady came on stage and everybody's costumes magically changed? <laughs> I'm just imagining this being like the best hangover conversation afterwards. Like, oh, what happened? Like, no, I think everything happened last night. This would make a great episode of X Files, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? You'd make a great episode Absolutely of Absolutely, it would. Oh. Oh. It reminds me, now looking back at it, now reminds me of a movie I've seen recently. There's a movie called Climax. 
that came out a while ago. I need where to basically see that. All the da- where all the da- basically all the dancers, it's, it's just like a dance club. They're all just friends and dancers, but they get incredibly high on ecstasy one night, and they just go bonkers. And just and it's mm. just a night like I imagine that's what the night, the opening night of Xanadu yeah. was like. They all woke up. Go- they all woke up the next day going. Well, this is a point. I, I don't do drugs and I don't partake in the use of drugs, but I feel like this is a film I would like to see kind of off my tits on. I do feel like it would it would change my life. Absolutely, it I'm would. I'm now officially ordering the magic mushrooms at the ready. <laughs> People who watch this film do it as a reading. Uh, there's, there's like a, a fan theory that when Sonny drops into the water, he actually dies and it's all like... Yeah. Thing, but it's also Gene Kelly, Danny Maguire um, going through Alzheimer's. Oh, oh no! Imagine it all. Don't make it when, you, when, you, when you watch a film with that, it's horrible. I wish I'd never read it. It was like a, it was a Reddit fan theory, and I was like, "You've just ruined one of my favorite." Films it's not even of all playing time. a clarinet. It's just driftwood. I'm, I'm just having this hilarious sort of weird thing now. We've seen Gene Kelly at the end of the movie dressed up in a suit. He's in an abandoned building these in the bad auditorium <laughs> just stroking it's around going jacket. like Xanadu is wonderful where's my drink rollerblades <laughs> <laughs> cuts credits wow. going, yeah. oh yeah. shit that's a way to end it <laughs> ultimate ending the secret ending oh, <laughs> oh my god reached the end of this movie basically and had our discussion so this is what we're going to do i'm gonna especially because liam banks you already know about the trashometer I so i need to introduce you liam liam james to the trashometer, trash-o-meter. Is this, if this is the first episode you've been listening <laughs> god help you <laughs> joining us for xanadu thank you very much for that that was a roller coaster but we review things a little bit differently around here we don't do ace we don't do a like we don't do like a's or numbers or star ratings we do something called the trashometer so what we do is we try and measure for, on a scale of how much we enjoyed the trash in the movie and there's five points we're trying to do a balancing scale so at the bottom is tame tame basically means it's really boring. It's not really entertaining. It's right down the bottom. There's the trash wasn't enjoyable. Not like in a like in a bad way. It was just bleh, just dull. We've had a few movies like that, like 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 the rocks, uh, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Doom, for example. That was a snore fest. So out it goes, right? Definitely. Then don't you've got love a tiny bit. <laughs> oh, so boring. I fell asleep twice. Um, you then got tiny bit trashy. Tiny bit trashy means there are some good fun moments, but it could have been more. Like it could have been more trashy. Like it could have pushed it a bit more. We <laughs> had enjoyable bits, but it wasn't reaching there. Right in the middle is trash. It's the perfect thing. It is the it is the perfect musical number. It is the golden goose. It is the perfect combination of good and bad, right? You then got too trashy. Too trashy means even though we're enjoying it, we're now starting to get annoyed at it. The badness is really starting to get to us. It's really getting to, on our nerves. It's not it's it, but the, we're still having fun with it, but there's moments going like, uh, mm, this is not fun anymore. And then there's torture. Torture means we pretty much hated it. It's all bad. <laughs> all tr- The trash was no longer enjoyable. It was actually a slog to sit through. <laughs> so that is what the trashometer is. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask both of you. Uh, we'll start with Liam James first. Where do you think this should fall on the trashometer? Well, you nailed it while you're describing what the middle one is. Yeah. It's just trash. It's the perfect blend mm. of awful but fun. Yes. And like like 
no matter what happens, as bad as this film is, you can't watch this film and not have fun with it. Like, there's sequences. It, it's impossible, I think, to watch this and think, go, if you leave this, leave watching this film, there's no way you can think, oh, I didn't have a, like, I didn't bop my head to this mm. bit, or I didn't, like, I haven't got the theme tune stuck in my head, or, oh, let's talk about this, like, animated moment. You don't leave, like, thinking, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. I hate it. Let's never talk about it again. Mm. And it, it didn't... The reason why I say it's in the middle as well is it pushed boundaries. It didn't push them too far mm. and it didn't go too far in one way. It sat very comfortably in the middle mm. of a spectrum of every single genre in the world. So that's why I think it's level three and it's just trash because it's perfect trash. You know what? I'm, 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 you've really convinced me on that one. I came I came on you today to say you needed to defend this movie and you know what? You've done a fantastic <laughs> job there. Liam Burns, tell me, where would you put this on the trashometer? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'd probably say too trashy for me. Uh, okay. it's, it's not torture by any means, um, sure. but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I found myself getting a bit annoyed with it in places. I think overall, mm. like Liam said, I definitely left having had a good time. Um, and mm. I'd probably say it's not a straight four. It's maybe a 3.5. It's on the way to four, if that's allowed. Yeah. Um, just because... Mm-hmm. I just think there's just too much going on. I think it's trying to be too many things. Um, yeah. And I think it would have really benefited from a strong script alongside everything else. Um, a bit I think, more time and effort. Yeah, it's like there's so many elements I enjoy about it. Um, I love the, the music. Um, and absolutely, I'll sing along when I, I, I watch it. But yeah. um, it's, I don't know. I just, I know, I know that there's so many other ways it could be better, which I think is yeah. what gets me. Maybe. Sorry, Liam, because I, I, I do love <laughs> no, you. Because, this, this, okay, this is what I think. Actually, I feel like it's a, it's a kind of a combination of both of you. So I feel like if we're gonna go on the on like we're level three I feel like it's on a high level of trash where if it could there could have been a couple of moments mm. where if it if it was even for some reason I'm, I'm not going to say lazier because it wasn't but if there were a few moments mm. that they went even worse it could have gone to too, too trashy for me yeah. but here's the thing yeah. I've been hearing I, I watched it last night for the second time I watched it the first time years ago right and I'm I'm literally going down I'm walking down the street on the way to work singing every single song on the way in yeah I mean today I've been listening to it remembering every single song remembering remembering every single dance routine remembering every single bit just bopping down today it's stuck in my head and (laughs) it's because yeah all the bits that do shine really stick out and the good's actually really good and the (laughs) bad is more not like it's not offensively bad that's what I feel. None of mm-hmm. it's sitting there going, God, this offended me in some way or another. It's mm-hmm. just a bit meh. But all the good parts stand out so much that I think this is trash too. I think this mm. is the right moment. But if we're going to put it on the scale, right, let's say, for example, it's on high end of the trash bit. It could very easily have tipped over into too trashy, mm-hmm. but it's yep. it's just it with, through the power <laughs> of magic or something just keeps it all together. I'm, look, I look, I I actually couldn't find it online, whether legally or illegally, without like <laughs> subtitles or in a different country. So I had to go on Amazon and buy this, and I and it cost me five quid on DVD to find this, right? Five quid. So I sat there <laughs> going, "Is this going to be five pounds worth of entertainment?" And I said to myself. Yes, because fact is that I can. I will. While I might not rewatch this every single month, 
I will for sure uh, watch this and have a bit of a giggle if I just need a little bit of lifting up, I think. But yeah, I'd, I'd say this this movie works to me like a girl group works. You've got to have the good, the bad, and the, the not yeah. so great. Like Destiny's Child, you've got the Beyonce, you've got the Michelle. This is the Kelly Rowland. Freddy! <laughs> Expertly done. <Whoa>! You! <laughs> you! Well done! You brought in the running joke! <laughs> See, I say, I say this is a Michelle for sure. This is Michelle. No, I would. Sure. Uh, it's, 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 I, I feel this is a Roland for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it ain't Beyonce. It ain't Beyonce, no matter how much it tries. No. I, see, I kind of, I wish I had that, like maybe that nostalgic approach to it. You know, like how you watched it as a kid growing up, and and you, Johan, you watched it younger as well. I suppose. Yeah. I might have felt differently about it, having not watched it for the first time a couple of months ago. See, it's, yeah, so for me, obviously, I'll defend this with my life, not just because I enjoy the mm. film so much, but it just, it's it, it's so dear yeah. to my heart, this film. Mm. I mean, it was perfect for me because I was that kid who was into, like, rock music and my nan was into, like, like grandstand <laughs> band mm. All that kind of stuff and classic musicals. So to me, it really holds a dear place yeah. in my heart. Mm. And big, big shout out to our mags, rest in peace, because she can love this film. <laughs> so, Bless her. If you, yeah. if you're trying to, if you're trying to say it shyly, and it's a, it's a stain on the memory of my <laughs> great man. <laughs> you, have, you, now, you have officially made it personal. Wow. Oh, no. Signing off. <laughs> Signing off. But I think, I think, I think. But on that note. We'll go, I'm going to put this on the trash ometer as a high trash. It's got to be perfect trash. High trash. High trash. <laughs> it's high <laughs> trash. So, it's, which, which which is the whole mood, by the way. Absolutely. Just, just before we wrap up, basically, I would like you... Well, this is where we do our plugins, where basically everyone just sort of says what's happening on uh, on, on our socials or everything else. So, Liam's, what's happening on your side of the world? What's going on? So, um, being um, professional homosexuals, we do have a very, very busy month lined up. So, June for us, over at the There Queer podcast, we actually have three specials for the month of June. Wow. Uh, three Pride specials. Uh, Liam and I have both each taken a film and presented it um, for us to both analyse. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, um, I couldn't choose a f- film that without it being the Blair Witch Project. Um, if it's my choice, that's the one I want to talk <laughs> about. Um, Liam went um, kind of like the opposite direction and went for Death Becomes Her, uh, one of the greatest films ever made. Yep. And we have a very special guest... Um, joining us to talk about another 80s cult classic film. We've got a killer special guest uh, smack bang in the middle of Pride Month, so you'll have to head over to our socials, I suppose, to... Uh, what a tease. Yeah. The, f- the film that we are discussing with that is the 80s film Vamp with Grace Jones. That's what we can yeah. say about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, we, we, we went big, we went hard or we went home, didn't we, on, the, on, this, on this triple <laughs> yeah. feature. Um, but yeah, I mean, around that as well, we're going to have Stranger Things specials as well for the new seasons coming out. Mm-hmm. If you want to mm-hmm. keep up to date with our episodes and who we've got on, I mean, we need to get you on at some point, Johan. Um, uh, just follow us on Instagram, Twitter the usual uh, we post our podcasts on youtube as well just uh, mm-hmm. either super freak media on youtube or their queer podcast instagram or their queer on twitter 
Excellent. Good. I can't wait now. The moment you said vamp, I sat there going like, oh my it's God, such a good jealous. episode. And I mean, the person we've managed to get on for this as well oh my is days. a big deal. Yeah. So we're very, mm-hmm. we're very excited for this episode. But I mean, by the time this goes out, everyone will know who it is anyway. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll tease you some more, Johan, because... That's, we'll that's keep, oh my God, it's be, oh, stop teasing me, people. Um, <laughs> we'll be like yeah. Kira. We'll just be a little tease. We'll just disappear. We'll roll away. <laughs> me. You? Me. Oh, me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's wonderful. I think oh, I want that great. as my ringtone. I just want that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I love that to bits. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm dead excited now. Um, Thank you so on, much for having on, us on. Thank you. It's, yeah, uh, it's been yeah, a pleasure. It's been great. It's a pleasure. Um, I... Yeah, I first uh, I first heard of it when Liam was first on uh, discussing teeth, <laughs> and I've been enjoying it ever since. Oh, it was so um, awkward. Your malignant, epi- especially the malignant episode you did yeah. together as well. You kind of like changed my mind on that film. Mm. Um, I hated that film, but after listening to the trash tapes episode of it, I was like, okay, I can give it. I am changing minds. Yes. yes. But um, but it's it was. I mean, we're recording this last night. Was the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, and it won, it won big. Um, the best yeah. feature there. So it did win big. So Mike yeah. Flanagan yeah. won big there as well, and we love Mike Flanagan. So. Yeah. 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 Oh god! I'm, I'm I'm actually generally glad that people are liking the pot, are liking our show, and uh, we're oh, we changing minds we because absolutely love it. we've because uh, there are some movies we sit there going, "This is going to be difficult to try and sell." On time of recording, we just had a new episode out where we talked about since Bruce Willis has famously retired. Now we decided mm-hmm. to Hudson Hawk, oh. which is Hudson Hawk. <laughs> so his his weird passion project, musical number passion project. We decided to cover yes. that one. <laughs> oh god, uh, it was special. I tell you that one. Uh, we've also got in the in the, in the works as well. Like in the few, the next episode after this is going to be Ed and I doing Mummy Dearest, which I can't wait. No, no wire hangers ever. No wire hangers. Hangers ever. It's going to be absolutely I'm wonderful. I'm not mad at you, I'm mad at the dirt. And this is the thing, we're going <laughs> to approach it differently because Ed and I are going to be doing this, but on the side, I'm actually going to be trying to talk to some actors to tell me whether or not Faye Dunaway's performance is actually good or not. We're going to analyse the shit oh. out of this. Because I feel like it's one It's one of the movies that as it's gone on, people have a very interesting approach to it and say, this is not, just shouldn't be laughed at. This is actually horrendous. But mm. it is also... It is. A choice in terms of performance, so we are we are going to run with that. I think what you folks are doing over here is fantastic, mm. and as somebody who loves like quote unquote trash films and cult films, mm. I, I love tuning in and listening to what you have to say, and I love the aesthetic of the whole thing yeah. as well. Yeah. That's right on my show. So yeah. <laughs> Although I'll tell you something, uh, some later in some later episodes, I have been nicking some of your techniques that you've been doing on your side because you, I love your edits because they are so memey at points. I just feel like God. <laughs> Damn it. I wish I had the time and energy to make everything a meme because it's so good. I mean, we're just walking memes at this point, aren't we, Liam? So. Yeah, that's really fair. <laughs> oh, yes, all right. And so to so officially sign off here on the podcast, we all like to say keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you all next time. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Barbara, please. <laughs>
thank you for listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles.